Hi lovely people, welcome to Dog Wizardry. A charming dog trainer having noteworthy conversations with thought leaders in an assortment of fields. Each week, we bring you conversations with thought leaders in the fields of science, hip-hop, animal rights, dog psychology, and much more. Voted most original podcast on the internet. Here is Dog Wizardry. Welcome to Dog Wizardry. We have a special guest today. His name is Jim Miller, and he's a search and rescue dog trainer. His number is 518-847-7834 if you want to reach him. Um, and, you know, you can always check out my website at dogwizardry.com. That's like dog wizard and then R-Y at the end. So... Jim and I were talking offline. Um, by the way, this is a pre-recorded interview, so I'm gonna when I play it, it's gonna be already in progress. But Jim is somebody I've been working with off the air to develop a program for children with autism that have elopement issues because what I've seen out there from at least all the places that I've checked out, and I've checked out a lot, of service dog companies that are selling search and rescue dogs, it's not truly search and rescue. I mean, don't get me wrong, it is beneficial. And in some instant, in uh, some cases, it could actually save the kid's life, okay? But for reasons that I'm going to get into on another podcast, let's just say for now, they're not true search and rescue dogs. Search and rescue dog training, there's something called negatives which means that the dog kind of lost it, lost his way. And you need to be able to read that. You need to be able to know that, hey, let me redirect you. Let's do resenting. Let me bring you back somewhere where your nose was on the ground and you knew what you were doing. But what happens a lot is a lot of even seasoned search and rescue dog handlers, they just miss those cues and they don't know that the dog is off track, okay? And I was talking to him about this because I train diabetic alert dogs. And one of the things I noticed when I first started training diabetic alert dogs is that, you see, with diabetic alert dogs, there's natural alerts and there's trained alerts. Um, I'm going to butcher this lady's name. But there was a... Um, there was a trainer, actually, Turid Rugas. Big, she was a big, big, big influence on me. She developed something called Calming Signals. She's kind of a legend in the dog training world. T-U-R-I-D-R-U-G-A-A-S. Turid Rugas. I'm not sure what country she's from, but um, amazing. And anyway, so with diabetic alert dogs, there's trained alerts and there's natural alerts. And natural alerts are kind of like calming signals. They could look kind of like anything. It could be the dog scratching a lot, yawning a lot, blinking a lot, lip licking. Um, it, it could yawning excessively. It could be a lot of spinning around. It could be a lot of different things. So um, trained alerts are things you've seen before, like you know, pawing somebody or um, nudging somebody, or using a bringsel stick, um, and natural alerts. So anyway, the point is, when I would go into people's homes, a lot of people missed the natural alerts because they weren't in tune with the dog. And they would say that the dog is not alerting, and I would say, but what about, what about that? What about that, and what about that? You know, is that normal that the dog just yawned like, 12 times in a row like does that is that a normal thing or like you know excessively lip licking and I understand people want and deserve in many instance instances uh trained alerts like pawing and and that's what I do I teach pawing or barking or whatever the person wants but there is such a thing as natural alerts and a lot of people do miss them because they're not in tune with their dogs and I was asking Jim <clears throat> Does that happen with the negatives in search and rescue dog training? Do people miss those cues that the dog is off and they don't know? And now they're just searching for like an hour in the wrong direction. 
So I'm going to start the conversation right there and you could hear Jim's response. Uh, well, I think so. So they call it a negative. The dog will give you a negative. It's basically, you know, they're searching for something when they're, when they're, you know, let, let's, um, well, let me back up a little bit. We're, we're talking trailing. Okay. There's, there's air sending, which is you send a dog out into a field, uh, 30, 40 acres. The dog just, you know, runs back and forth, has his head up in the air. He's trying to smell for a human in that area. The issue with that is, is you can't have other people out there searching because the dog's going to find a human in that 40 acres. Could be you, could be, you know, somebody else could be the person you're looking for. A trailing dog is on a leash and you're following that person's specific scent. Now you can have other people out in that 40 acres looking around. They could be walking a line. They could be looking for somebody and that's you, your dog is following that person's scent because you gave them an article, whether it's a pillowcase or a, you know, a, a, a shirt or whatever you, you gave that dog and told him, go find this smell. So the dog will have his head down because he's chasing or he's looking for the skin cells. That's what he smells. Every single one of us lose skin cells. Every single one of us is losing skin cells as we're standing here talking, mm -hmm. sitting, riding in the car, whatever we're doing. So, and that's what the dog is going after. And he, he gets to a point where he'll, he kind of loses it, you know, maybe it, it's a, or he got a little off or, um, so they'll lift their head. They have their head down because they're trying to, you know, smell that because it's on the ground. That's where those skin cells are. And they've got their head down. All of a sudden they kind of, they, they slow down, um, um, and they'll just kind of lift that head. They may turn around and look at you. They may turn around and look both directions. But that's, that's a negative. That's when they're telling you, and that's the hardest part about doing this, no matter what. I tell everybody all the time, the dog knows exactly what they're doing. It's you that will mess them up. And you'll mess them up because you're not paying attention to that. That's what you've got to learn when you're doing this. And it's still hard. I'm 12, 13 years doing this, and I still miss them it just it happens you get so sidetracked or you're you're trying to outthink them but when they do that now it's up to you this is where you as the handler come in and go okay i need to help him here for a second so stop bring him back you know he has he had his head down 10 15 20 feet back there get him back there and say okay back to work now and i have a, i have a, okay you know, i'm i'm sorry go ahead and then i have a question yeah. about that yeah so, no, that, so that's really what it is. As long as you know, it's just, so it's called a negative and it's you. That's the biggest thing is you need to do as a handler is you need to figure out when they give you a negative, you've got to catch it and, um, and you'll miss them. So, okay. So you miss it and he's, you didn't help him any. These dogs, look, dogs love to do things. They want to work. They want to do things, um, do things. So he's just going to put his head down. He's going to keep looking because you told him to go find this scent. He's like, okay, I can't find it anymore, but I'm going to keep looking for it. And you, 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 you kind of know when they're on that scent because they're moving, they're pulling uh, on that leash. They're, they're, you know, uh, when they slow down, start kind of looking all over everything, those are other negatives. They're just running around in circles. They don't, you know, they're looking, they're doing their job. They're doing exactly what you asked them to do, but they need some help. And, that that's what you have to that, that, again. That's what you have to look for, and learn. Yeah. See, that's the part that blows me away because, um, you know, I was talking to another search and rescue dog trainer, and we were talking about resenting. And uh, if you don't mind, could you tell the audience what resenting is? So resenting is so I'm I'm doing a you know I'm doing a, a trail. Um, you know, we get, um, you know, a mile out or, you know, a mile into this, you know, search and uh, all of a sudden the dog really loses the trail or it's, it's really hot or it's been very windy or all, you know, just all kinds of scenarios can go on and it, it, or it gets into a lot of time. Um, then you'll, 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 you'll stop the dog, take a quick break and then resend him on the article. You, you carry the article with you uh, or have somebody carry it with them that you used. And you'll just kind of start all over again and just kind of refresh your memory. Like, okay, this is what we're, you know, this is what we're after. Some people do it all the time. I don't do it that often. Uh, it, it really depends on the, 
um, you know, the conditions, what, what's been going on, how tired are they, uh, did they get distracted? It's To me, I do it when they get distracted. So if we're in the heavy woods, I know there's a lot of deer running through there, you know, a lot of people, all that kind of stuff, um, you know, especially, well, any dog, whether it be a bloodhound like I have or any dog, they like scent. And when they're smelling something, all of a sudden there's, wow, hey, did you, and, and you can almost see it in them. They get excited like, hey, hey, I, I, there's a different smell. I like that smell. That's better than what we're looking for. And I remember last time we tasted after that smell, I got a big reward. So they, they get a little sidetracked. So, you know, that's why you kind of stop and uh, just kind of say, hey, let's, let's resend again. So you, you carry that article with you and you use it again just to just start again is what you're doing. So, okay, so I have a question about resenting, which is, okay, so I've seen, obviously, you know, different trainers do, do different things, and trainers actually, you know, you, you probably know this, a lot of trainers don't even agree with each other on a lot of stuff, and, um, but you sound very flexible, so you just want to do whatever is effective for the dog, which is great. Yes. Yeah. Um, but my question is, so I saw one trainer where there was an article where the dog was able to go back and he, it was his choice to resent. Like the person didn't have an article. The dog went back to the last place that he found the scent or something like that. Or maybe they had a sock there or something, some kind of midway point. This was during practice sessions. This wasn't yeah. during like a real world scenario. So I guess my question for you is, if you as the handler don't resent, resent the dog and a dog goes back and he has his nose on the ground, how do you know? I don't even know if I'm going to ask this question right. How do you know that he was... Because you said before that he... Okay, that was the last place he had his nose on the ground and that sort of thing. But yeah. how do you know he wasn't even lost then? Then? Yeah. 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 Um, I, you know, people will tell you, oh, you can tell right away. You can, all these things, but I always tell everybody that's the biggest doubt that I find in any, any time I've ever done a search or anything, are we on the trail? Mm -hmm. You know, are we, you know, you, you're hoping, you're, you're, you're hoping to God that you're on the right trail. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been, I've gone to searches where there's been other dogs and the dog, you know, I watch somebody else with their dog and boom, dog goes that way. And I take my dog over and my dog looks and boom, we went the other way. Wow. There's a whole, now you've got this whole doubt. Well, you can't have that doubt in your, in, in, in your mind because it, to me, everything you're thinking goes right down to that leash to that dog. So if you're doubting them, um, they're going to doubt themselves. So you, you just, you got to know after practice when, uh -huh. you know, you keep practicing all the time, you'll know when that dog gets that trail. They, um, they call, I call it a shake. They call it a shake. So as soon as you sent your dog, and he starts to go and he'll get, you know, 30, 40 feet. And all of a sudden they just, you know, they got this shake. They, they shake their head and, and, you know, like something's in their ears or, you know, everything else. They got it. They, they're, that's them. That's their signal telling you, this is it. I got it. Keep up, you know, cause we're going for a ride. Mm, mm -hmm. And, um, cause my dogs will pull. I mean, that's when I, that's the other reason. That's the other time I know that they're going is because, um, they, they pull, they're, they're ready to go. Now, when they start slowing down, it's, that tells me two things. One, we've either lost the trail or, um, it's getting, it's, you know, getting older or it's a little different or it's, they're, they're, they're unsure. So they're taking their time and being a little methodical and making sure they're on the right trail. Gotcha. So can we just, there's two types of people that are probably going to listen to us, dog trainers and just your average pet owner. Um, can we just talk about what the first maybe 20 minutes of this looks like? Just go completely, just, let's just go. You see, one, one thing that I've talked about a lot in the past is uh, that you're probably super familiar with is distance, duration, distractions with dogs. Yes. Right. So like anything you're teaching a dog, whether, you know, you need a foundation, whether it's sit or come or SNR, like you need some kind of a foundation to build distance, duration and distractions around. And I think that a lot of people get confused with how to, I actually try to 
teach people the most the three Ds so that they could kind of be their own artist and create their own lesson plans sometimes on the fly. But how do you get the foundation of uh, search and rescue the way you do it? Um, so, so I make sure if I don't answer your question, cause I'll get rambling, but you, you stop me and just, you know, I'm going off. But so I, I, I start, you know, very basic. I think I told you the, the other day, you start, you know, whether it be a puppy or, um, you know, I'm, you know, three years old, five years old or something. The, the, the biggest thing the dog has to understand is that when you give them that article, you're telling them this smell right here, I want you to go find it, find the bigger source of it, the most freshest part. Mm-hmm. And to, to get them to understand. And so, you know, you start in the backyard and you have somebody, you know, play with the dog a little bit, take their hat, drop their hat, and they run down, run on the other side of the yard and hide behind a tree. You need the dog to understand that when I tell you to go find I have that, I have that in front of you. And if you go from here to there, to that person, that's when you're going to be rewarded. That's the biggest thing is to to get that into the dog's head, that these two things to go together. Oh, shoot. And it doesn't take very long. Let me tell you, most, most dogs, you know, know, they want to do this stuff. They love doing, finding things, doing things and, you know, whether, whether it's a ball, a person or anything. As long as they know there's a reward at the end or a praise or something like that. So to me, that's the, you know, the, the biggest thing is get that, per, get that dog to understand that I give you this. And as soon as I tell you to go find and you find the major, you know, group of that, that smell, um, you get rewarded. Um, mm-hmm. Once they do that, then it's just a matter of now, now you start building that foundation. Now you start making that trail have that person go a little bit farther, um, you know, start, you know, and then start adding some time to it, you know, have that, you know, uh, have that person go do it and wait an hour. Uh, and then you go find them, uh, two hours, three hours, get up to two days, 24 hours, 36 hours. Um, I've done that. Now that doesn't mean that person has to go hide and be gone for 36 hours, but I'll have somebody lay a trail today, uh, Saturday, for now we'll practice tomorrow. I'll have, I'll, we'll meet someplace. They'll, they'll start a trail. I'll go pick them up at the end uh, or not. Uh, they'll just go do it for me. And then tomorrow I'll go and they'll say, Hey, uh, go, go to the front of Panera. And I, you know, or the back of Panera. And I started there by the dumpster mm-hmm. and come and find, and, and then, you know, they'll, they'll be at the end. Uh, but in the meantime, that trail has aged 24 hours or 36 hours. So that's what you, that's, that's the goal is to build yourself up to that. But to me, the, the biggest thing is once you can teach that dog that when I give you this and tell you to go find and you, that, that smell and you find a major part of that, that, the, um, and I'm not even sure the right word for it, you know, right, right at the moment, but you know, the major pool of that, where does that, where's that smell coming from? Um, you find it, you get rewarded. That, that's, See, I guess to me, go one ahead. of the things, yeah, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, I just say that to me, that's the biggest, uh, you know, that's what you're shooting for. And if you, you start, it's just like the ball, you know, you throw a ball, the dog's going to get it because he's going to bring it back to you because he knows he's going to do it again mm-hmm. or he's going to play or something like that. So this is not, obviously they can't run and find a human and bring him back here, but uh, an air scent dog, I told you, you know, an air scent dog is okay. I send, I send the dog out and they, they find a person out in 50 acres and they find that person. They find a person. And what they do is they come back to the trainer, the handler, mm-hmm. and the handler usually has something hanging on their side, like a toy or something like that. And the dog runs back to him, grabs that, and the handler will go, show me. They won't touch anything. They'll say, show me. And the dog takes it back to that person. Because the way they trained is that person, when they bring that toy back to that person, that person starts throwing it around for them and plays with them. So is that, is that what they do with a brinzel stick? You know how like before a dog does a certain activity, maybe you want to put a certain harness on them or give them some kind of indicator sure. that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I could have, I, 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 do, I could be so off on this. I thought a brinzel stick was something that search and rescue, some search and rescue guys attach to the dog's collar and then he like goes to find the person and then it's kind of like what you're describing. And then he, the dog goes back 
and then the the uh, the decoy that's playing the victim would take off the Bringsel stick, which is like a toy, but it only gets yeah. played with when that guy something like that. When I find it, yeah, yeah. I, I've only seen one or two people do that with air scent. Um, um, I'll be, be real honest with you, and please, if anybody's listening, I don't mean anything bad by this, but. I don't get the air scent. I don't know why anybody wants to do it. There's a lot of people that love it. They, there's some great dogs out there. I've seen them find some great people, but I can't. I, first of all, you, you can't let a bloodhound off a leash. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you let them off the leash, they're, they're going to go. But uh, I, I watch them practice, and they, the dog comes back, and then they say, show me, and the dog takes off to go find that person, and now you've got to chase after them to stay up with them. And if you're going through 30, 40 acres of woods, I'm just not like that anymore. I'm not chasing after the dog. It's bad enough being on the leash, let alone have to run after him. <laughs> so that's why I've kind of stayed away from it. So. so I have a question about that. And this is something that most people, I think, really, especially your average pet owner, knows nothing about, which is that there's even a difference between tracking, trailing, air scent. And to me, as somebody that is interested in this stuff and just really super quick background, so I'm a, one of the things I do is service dog training, and I want to incorporate search and rescue dog training. I, I think from your side, you know, with, with talking to you, you know, the other day and about what you do and how you teach dogs, um, I, I think I, I don't want you to think that you need to train that dog to find that particular child. So you're, you're giving a child a dog, to, you know, that has diabetes or, you know, um, seizures or things like that. So... You don't have to train them to find that specific child, okay? So if they're if they're the owner of the dog, the, the parents, whoever, brothers, whatever, they can go out and train that dog. They can work on finding anybody. Um, try different people. You want to try different people. You want to try different scenarios, you know, in town, um, out in the woods, you know, wherever you think that person could get lost. People can get lost anywhere. Uh, I've found more people in town than I have out in the woods. Um, so, Wait, can, can I? Can um, I? Can you? Can you hold yeah. that thought? I'm not going to really yeah. cut you off. Just try not to forget where you're going with that, because I. This is such a. This is like the perfect time to ask you. Okay, so this is where like service dog world and or diabetic alert dog world and your world differ a little bit, and and diabetic alert dog trainers disagree on what I'm about to tell you, but I think you might find this interesting. So when you're when you're training a diabetic alert dog, and after the dog is already, um, you've already done classical conditioning with the the diabetics high or low with the saliva sample on the cotton ball and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff is out of the way, and you're increasing the distance duration distractions. You one of the things you want to teach the dog is that like the dog could be at a baseball stadium. And there could be – this is in a perfect world. Not every diabetic al- yeah. alert dog can do this. But um, that everybody in the stadium ha- has diabetes or a lot – you know, maybe not everybody. But like, you know, let's say five people in a stadium or some, a 10 or something like that. But you want the dog to only alert to your high and your low. Yeah. So like when you talk about like the generalization of this kind of a game, it's just so interesting to me because – because you know, like when I teach a diabetic alert dog, like what a lot of trainers will do. Here's a, here's an example of how they 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 differentiate. There's something called a scent wheel, that some some dog trainers will put like the diet the the cotton balls, in a scent wheel and spin it like wheel of fortune, and the dog is uh-huh. you know finding the right one. And some and some diabetic alert dog trainers, including the woman who started the entire field, would never put the cotton ball anywhere except on the person. So, or like right near the person, they wouldn't do like the, the wheel and they wouldn't hide it in a cabinet and see if the dog will scratch the cabinet and that sort of a thing. So like, mm-hmm. so it, it's so, you know, it's like, yeah, in my world, they're, they're, they're alerting for highs and lows with diabetes, but it's just for their person. So, so the the ability for a dog to generalize the way you're describing is just really interesting to me. Yeah, and see, and I I find it interesting what you're talking about because I, okay, so because 
I guess if you don't teach them, if they're, if they're assigned to that person, that's their, you know, little Billy is your, 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 that's your, who you're supposed to be with and stay with and everything else. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, like you said, okay, we go to the stadium and there's 200 people walking by me that all have diabetes. I would think the dog would go crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, just, I can just see the dog walk along going, hey, whoa, you got a problem, you got a problem, you got a problem, you know? So, but, it, um, and sometimes that happens, and sometimes that happens yeah. because because some some people say that um, the dogs aren't actually smelling the blood sugar; they're smelling something called isoprene, and that yeah. all that all diabetics have it. So, I mean, some don't get me wrong; like some some dogs do die do alert at stadiums, and then the people next to them are like, "Wow, that was amazing! Where'd you get that dog?" And like it turns into yeah. a new friendship, but like. Um, yeah, I mean, the 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 I, I did speak to the trainer that literally started it all. She's retiring now. Yeah. And yeah. her her whole thing is that when she's using like little tin cans that have holes on the top and you know, doing these kind of scent games with dogs, she's always hiding it on the person. Yeah. Yeah. Um So I mean, I so basically, you know, trailing's not I guess not much different because I'm taking a, I'm taking a specific article. Um, and again, I send it, I practice all the time and I've, I've done, you know, a lot of searches where, um, you know, I, I've tr- I, I, I tracked a young man that started a fire and he dropped the lighter. Um, you know, we, 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 somebody put a cone over it and I went back and, you know, we were able to track, um, you know, to his house. Um, it's just, you know, basically to me, you're, you're, you're telling that dog when you, when you sent them with that article, here's the scent I want you to go after. And this is, this is why I told when I was telling you earlier, you want to, you want to make sure you use a scent article that nobody else has touched. Uh, I've seen that happen too many times. I've had people, I've showed up and a police officer come out to me and they'll, they'll hand me a shirt and they'll say, okay, here's your scent article. I won't touch it. I'm like, that's no good. It's no good to me because you touched it. Okay. Gotcha. Uh You know, your scent is on there. And, um, I, I can't have that. I need just something that that person, um, you know, touched and that's it. Uh, car seats, you know, did, as long as nobody, um, nothing drives me more crazy than they'll be looking for somebody and they'll find their car, you know, off in a parking lot or in the woods and everybody gets in the car and searches around. I don't know what you're searching for. The person's not in there. You can see through the window, stop getting in and out of the car and um, leave that because that's a huge scent pool uh, that that we can that we can use. Um, so you're 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 basically telling the dog this scent that that that's what I want. I want you to find, you know, where did that come from? Is, is basically what you're trying to do. When when a and, uh, when a dog can smell something, let's say let's say you're playing the game, the dog could smell. How long do you put the scent down for the dog to smell it, and how long can he? remember that scent without resenting? Um, so, so the answer is it's very quick. Once, um, what, what, uh, I'll kind of give you a quick idea what I do. So what I do is I'll walk over. Somebody tells me, where's the last place they were seen? Okay, they were, they were seen over there standing next to that fire hydrant. So I'll go over by the fire hydrant with my harness in my hand and, and, my, uh, and, and the scent article. And what I'll do is I'll get over by there and I'll set both of them down. Well, the dog always wants to check what you got in your hands and see what you're doing because she knows we're here to do something. Mm-hmm. So they kind of smell it. Then what I'll do is I'll take her on the leash and I'll walk around that fire hydrant uh, in kind of a circle, you know, maybe 25 feet out, you know, in a circle and just walk around and watch the dog because what they'll do is you'll walk in that circle and they got their head down because they're smelling everything because that's what they want to do. But all of a sudden, you might get to a spot, and they kind of lift their head, and they look off to the right, or they look off to the left. Okay? Just keep going. Just keep going in that circle. And then I bring them back. I stand there next to the hydrant. I put the harness on. Take that bag that, you know, I have the the scent article in, kind of hold it up to them, and and, uh, just, you know, and then then I'll just give it to me, and I go find. And I get excited, and I say, go find. Most times what's really interesting is, is they'll go the direction that will remember I said, we were walking in that circle and they kind of look to the left or look to the right. Mm-hmm. That's the way they went because 
to me, that's when I know, wow, we really got it. Whatever's on that cloth or whatever that article, we've got the scent because um, they, they know. And it's like, you know, yeah, I put something down. They, they knew, they kind of know that, um, hey, this is maybe what he's going to have me go for. And I smelled it over there. Uh, so they're already starting, you know what I mean? I, I guess what I'm saying is they're already starting to think about it. Once you kind of just, you know, set it down to begin with, they kind of start, okay, this is what we're going after. The, he's, he's getting to a point here to make me do this. So in, um, in, in that, in that situation, what, what is the scent article? Uh, could be, like I said, it could be a, uh, a pillowcase. Uh, I love pillowcases. If I can get, if I can get a pillowcase for everybody, um, a pillowcase, a, uh, um, you know, a shirt, Soda can. Uh, if, if you're looking for somebody that got out of a car and took off walking, mm-hmm. a car is great. If you you know, uh, um, what I'll do is I'll open the car, the car door, um, and uh, you know have the dog you know send off the seat or something. And as soon as they start, whatever I want them to do, whatever article I'm using, as soon as they get that close to their nose, don't shove it in their nose. People, I see people do that all the time, and. Uh, I tell people here, give me that article and I'll take that article and I'll put it up in their face. And I go, you know, and they back away. I go, see, you don't like it. So he doesn't like it. You, you get it close enough. They, they know what they're, they know what they, they know what you want. So, you know, like a car seat I have, as soon as they get close to that, what I'm got their nose in there of the, of what I want them to scent, that's when I tell them right away, go find it. And they go. So. Do you find that, um, Search and rescue dog. Are, are they any harder to walk on a leash as regular dogs afterwards? Like, do they always have their nose to the ground, or is it just as easy to teach them to kind of heal or anything like that? Well, um, yeah. I want to say yes and no, okay? Because I'm a little it, people I work with. I, I I work with a couple of people. They have a German Shepherd, and you know, the dog does well. And one has a has a, a lab. They, you know, they're great at sitting, standing, you know, all the stay, all that kind of stuff. I have a bloodhound, and I've had bloodhounds. They're terrible at that stuff. They don't sit. They don't stay. They don't, you know, they're just not good at it because they're too busy smelling everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as they're, um, you know, even when we just go walk around the neighborhood in the morning, it's just, it's a chore because, you know, they want to stop and smell everything. They got to stop and smell everything. And, you know, so, uh, um they're they're not the best you know sit and stay dogs, um, but but that but that that's what they do. They like to smell things. They like to go after things. Um, you know they'll do that all day long if you let them. But what about your average dog that's not a bloodhound that that practices search and rescue because you know you need all these practice hours. So they when you're just is it just as easy to teach them to heal with like their head up when you're walking or because even a lot of regular oh, yeah. pet owners yeah. have that problem. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think, I think, well, the biggest thing is, is look, the dog knows when you're going to work. And that's why, you know, some people put, you, you have a harness. I use a harness. And when I put that harness on, that dog knows we're going to work. Mm. And as soon as we find the person we're looking for, off comes the harness. And, um, and then what I like to do is if I can, depending on the, you know, the search and everything and how far we went, I like to walk back, try to walk back most the same way that we came. And then it gives, without the harness, just on the leash, it gives the dog time to, to okay, I'm, I'm, I'm rewarding the dog saying, hey, all those things that you, you were smelling, I told you not to do it, now you can have the, you know, now you can smell them. Now you can check them out and see what they were or something. Um, but I, I think the dog's going to know when you're, when you're working um, and, and going to be completely different. They, they, they know playtime. So I, I was told a long time ago, and I don't know how true this is, but I've always kind of used it as an example. Uh, I was told by somebody I had a lot of respect for years ago that I always remember a dog can understand 300 to 500 commands. Mm-hmm. The, pro- the problem is, is that the person that own them, owns them can only remember 10 to 12. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I thought that was a great, I don't know if it's true or not, but it, if you think about it, uh, basically saying, hey, your dogs are pretty smart, folks. Just, um, just, just trust them. That's the, the biggest thing. I, I actually have a shirt. That on the front of the shirt and it's upside down. But when I look down at it, it says, trust your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's one of the biggest things in search and rescue is people tell you, Gee, you've got to trust the dog. So, yeah. Huh? But I, I, I would say for folks that, that have, um, 
um, you know, if you've got somebody that, you know, has a seizure dog or something like that, um, uh, you know, just, just practice some things with them. If you can, um, well, you know, honestly, the, the, the clients that I have, it's really only the parents that have children with autism that are going to be working on the search, search and rescue. Yeah. Um, I will, I will tell you, I mean, in my book, to be honest with you, and what I know of dogs and kids and everything else, I, I, will, I will bet you even if you didn't do a whole lot of training with that dog, if, if little Jimmy takes off and is gone, you get a leash on him and you tell him to go find him. He's going to go look, he's going to go look real hard for him. Uh, cause the dog knows the dog knows something's wrong. Um, I, I, I work with autistic, uh, kids and you know, the dog just knows they, they, they know there's, you know, an, an issue. They know there's a problem. Um, I, I, I actually found a young boy one time who was autistic. I never used the scent article and we found hmm. him half a mile from his house. I could barely control the dog when I got him out of the car. Wow. Um, I, I got her out of the car. She just kept pulling, pulling, pulling. I didn't have a harness on her. I didn't have nothing on her yet. I didn't have a scent article yet. And she just kept pulling. And I was like, you know what? Or I'm going to trust her. And I put the harness on her and I said, go fine. And boom, off we went. They know, I think, I don't know if she could smell it, you know, that here's all these people, but I can tell that, you know, there's a kid gone or I can, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll never know to this day how that dog did that, but we did. When, so, do, when you're uh, first teaching something, do you, that, that, that is an amazing story, by the way. Don't think I'm like, uh, I don't want you to think I'm cutting you off. You just, you make no, my, no. you make my mind go in a million directions. Um, when you're, when you're first teaching something, a lot of, most trainers will te- get a behavior before they put a word to it. Do you do that? Uh, I'm just trying I'll, before I say no, I'm just trying to think I, I probably do subconsciously, I guess. I, I mm-hmm. uh, like that initial association you were describing where someone would run off and drop their hat and that kind of a thing. Most people would just most trainers, I would say, would just make it a game before they would even say find them or whatever they're going to say later on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I think it goes back to you and I were talking earlier this morning about um, you know, how do you reward them? How do you, how do you know they found the right person? You know, what, you know, like I said, some people mm-hmm. have taught them to, to jump on people. Some people have, um, you know, so I, I think that's a little bit of what you're asking, you know, so I, I think, I think you subconsciously do that, but, you know, to just say, yeah, I use this particular word. Um, um, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I made a mistake when I first started doing this. I was kind of self-taught to begin with. I found places to go and in different states where they could help me. Um, I would tell the dog to go find. And then the whole time that we're running the trail, I would just kind of keep saying it every couple of minutes. You know, go, you know, go find, go find, go find. And I, I was at the, uh, actually down in Maryland at the state troopers down there. And the guy that followed along with me, we got done. And he said, hey, you did a great job. But he says, you need to shut up. Stop talking, because he says if you think, if you look, every time you t- say go find, the dog's got his nose down, and he's like, oh, oh, "What? You want me to go find this smell, or do you want me to find the smell that you told me two minutes ago?" What, what, I'm confused. What do you want me to do here? So he tell them once, and 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 you know, and they'll and they'll do it. So see, that's the part that, I, and I think you kind of touched on this earlier. That seems to me, as somebody you know, getting more into this, that seems like the the hard part is that. It seems like the only other time that you would ever really talk to your dog in that way would be if the dog has found a negative. But if you're not in tune with your dog and you think it's a negative and you talk, that could screw the dog up even more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole, uh, like I said, I, I learned, I, I learned at that time from the gentleman, we got talking a lot more and he was like, you know, stop talking. People want to, people want to, you know, we're, we're just naturally we want to talk all the time. We, you know, so uh, stop talking because dog's working, but the dog also wants to, also wants to please you, wants to find the person he's looking for. And he wants to please you because you're the reward, whether it be food or toys or, or whatever it is you reward them. Um, so it, you know, think about it, you know, he, he, uh, 
uh, we, we kind of ran a trail and he was behind me the whole time. And he kept asking me questions. And his point being is I'm distracting you. <laughs> you're trying to work yeah. and I'm asking you questions while you're doing that. So think about be, be the dog. Think about that. And it's, uh, it's, like, it's like I said, I, I've, I've watched, I've watched people send articles and they take and they just kind of shove it in the dog's nose and, you know, nobody wants that. You know, you don't want that. I don't want that. So don't do it to them either. Right. So, uh, you know, let, let, let them think, like I said, I'm, <laughs> you know, it's dog, fun. Dogs yeah. are smart, you know, it's funny, you know, the, you know, with dog training, there's like so many right answers to the same thing and different trainers doing different things. And one of the things people do when like a, one thing that trainers do is when a dog is barking at guests that come over at the door to kind of like explain to them that these are my guests, not your guests, is that they yeah. just, if it's not an aggressive dog, they pretty much have the people just walk right into the dog. Kind of just like smush it, not, not smush it in its face, but just kind of, it's just kind of like what you were saying. The dog doesn't want things like pushed in their face. Yeah. And uh, yeah. a lot of times dogs will bark at people at the door and people back up. But like some trainers will say, you know, just walk right past them, into them, shake the owner's hands, let them know, you know, these are my guests, not your guests. So. Right, right. Um. And I, and I think I think in in, in um, I know in search and rescue and some of these certification processes that they do and everybody does it's you know I I've, when I first got into this or I'd go to some of them and people like oh no you you you, you got to do this or you you know your dog cut across here and and uh, did this and I, and I and I always would end it with my dog found what we were looking for mm-hmm. he may not have gone he may not have walked exactly where the person walked you know. Um, but aren't, isn't that what we're trying to do here? We're trying to find people. And as long as I found them, it does, it, does it really matter? Uh, I mean, and then the other side of the argument is, well, you want to teach a dog, you want to teach a dog that he's got to stay on the trail, you know, so they don't get confused or they don't get sidetracked lost or anything else. But all in all, yes, I, I agree with all of that, but there's also sometimes that, you know, the, the, um, you, you just, you, you got to the end. It may not be a hundred percent right. I had an instructor tell me one time we got all done and, and uh, he said, I'll pass you on the test, but he says, I don't like the way you handle the leash. Okay. You know, what, what does that matter? Um, so that, but that's me. I'm a little, you know, you, you told me earlier, I'm just, I'm just a little bit more plain on some things, but every, everybody's got their thing. It's, um, I don't want to be mean here, but I always say dog trainers are the worst. Yeah. Everybody's got your way. Yeah, everybody has their way. I agree. Okay? And there's, and there's nothing wrong with your way as long as it gets done what we're trying to get done here. Yeah, I actually one of the things I'm going to do on this program is I'm going to be talking to I can I don't even think this has ever been done. I I I used to be really anti-e-collar and then, you know, the electronic collars. Yeah. But yeah. then I got into them and understood a new way to use them and all. So I want to have I want to have some people on here that are anti e collar, and have like a real not a debate but like a real conversation with them. Well, I give you, I give you one better is um, I use a pinch collar, mm-hmm. and mostly because, you know, I mean, my first bloodhound was 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, when when she. When she'd get on a now, I don't. When we go for a walk, she wants to smell everything. I mean, I'm trying to hold back a 120 pound dog, and the pinch collar was the only thing. And, and I would have a lot of people tell me, "Oh, you shouldn't use that. You shouldn't use that." You know, I'm not much for choke collars, but a pinch collar. Um, trust me, you know, bloodhound. There's so much skin there and so much stuff. I don't think they feel it half the time. Mm-hmm. But it is to me it is the only way I can walk the dog without them trying to drag me all over the place. Uh, when we're out just for a walk, when we're on a trail, I don't, I don't use a pinch collar or anything. I got to use a harness. And then of course, you know, I snap it towards them, you know, upper part of their back. So, but that's another one. There's people like, you know, should you have them? Should you not? I think they work for some dogs, some dogs. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm against them. So it just depends on the dog and you know what the person is too. So pinch collar, like meaning like prong collar, the prong collar. Yep. Yeah, and most people just call them like spike collars or something like that. Spike collars. Everybody's got different. Uh, yeah. It's kind of you know. I, I live in New York, but I'm originally from Nebraska, and everybody you know there's a different. It's either soda or pop or a bag or a sack. So 
you know, everybody's got a different name for them, but, um, you know, you'll, you'll run into people all the time. Oh, you shouldn't use that. And some people say you do, some people say you don't. And again, it's, well, you see, I want to have those people on the show because what I'm going to, what I'm going to work on explaining to them is that basically there is no such thing as inhumane tools. There's just an inhumane use of tools and a perfect example of that would be uh, dentist tools would be inhumane in the wrong hands and can be cruel. Like, I'm not yeah. a dentist. I'd probably screw up and hurt somebody with those tools. But though, but a pinch collar, whatever you want to call it, in the right hands is not an issue. Yeah. It really depends on uh, how you use the I, tool. Those are, you know, what? That's probably the most best thing I've heard in a long time and good for you. Um, you know, I'll go back to the old style choke collar, which was just a straight chain. Um, you know, if, if I'm standing right here and holding that leash and that dog pulls on and starts choking himself, that's his problem. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll, he'll back up. He's going to, he's going to, if I don't move and don't pull on that leash, he's going to back up. So it's not choking him. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. He, he's got to learn. Yeah. Now, a lot of, yeah. If I, if, uh-huh. if, if I use that to every time I want to do something and I yank on it, as far as I can, or drag him to choke him, that's wrong to, in my book. I agree. That's, yeah, I agree. You know? So, yeah, I mean, right, dog trainers just talk about that all the time, negative reinforcement and also leash pressure. <clears throat> leash yeah. pressure is a big deal. But yeah. um, what does it matter? I'm just curious. Is there a particular brand of prong collar that you use? I do. I like, uh, you know, I, I like one that it's, it's got a quick release on it. Um, that's, do you know the, that do just, you know the you know, brand though? Do you know the brand? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I bought these things years ago and they've worked out. They've held up for me and they work great, but well, they've always, got a quick, quick release on it. Always. So. It, whenever you get a new one or if you ever, ever want to switch out, always get a Herm yeah. Springer. That, that's the brand. And they also make quick it, releases. I think that's what it is. That sounds familiar. And I think, you know, um, I could look in a card. I think that's what it says on that, on it. But that's what I like about it is I can just unclip it real quick if they, you know, uh, I only use it. I only use that pinch collars when we go for a walk. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go, I go out, we walk in the morning or something like that. It's because, you know, again, she'll just, she'll drag me all over if I, if I don't. So. Okay. So I, I, yeah. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I do want to ask I, just to come full circle, just when you're first for anybody that's just beginning scent work. And get and making that association. Um, anything more you want to say about that? Just that very beginning stage of when you're intru- just making that association between the and and how long do you work with the same scent at the beginning until you kind of generalize it and the dog understands that it could be any scent? Do you do well, that from I, the beginning? No, I do. Um, yeah, well, I guess a little bit. Yeah. When the, when the dog's young or puppy or, or you're first starting, I may use the same person, you know, and have them go, go hide a few times, you know, do it, do it for a couple of weeks. Use, use the same person. Uh, then, then I'll start introducing other people, which remember every person is a scent. So I'm, I'm introducing their scent. Um, so now that's when they, once they know that, okay, Hey, when, like I said, when we, when I tell you to go find this, I give you this smell. I want you to follow that wherever that person walked to find them. Once they, you can kind of see that they put two and two together here, like, okay, I start with A and I go find B. Once they do that, then start introducing other people. <clears throat> Have other people go hide for you. Or, um, um, you know, I think I told you, I, I, um, people in my town, they, they kind of know that. Oh, Oh shoot! Here comes Jim because he's going to ask me to go hide for him. Uh, jog, you know, I'll, I'll grab people jogging. You know, I'll, I'll stop people jogging. First, you have to tell them, "Hey, I'm not crazy. Just give me a second here." And you know, I'll have them, you know, wipe their wipe themselves down with a gauze pad, stick it in a baggie, and then um, just tell me where you live. Tell me what street you live on. So you know, and and then I'll give them gauze pads and say, "Hey, leave these on your front porch." Or and a lot of people say, "You know what? No, I'm going home." I'll be there tomorrow or whenever you want to run the trail. If I want to run it two days later or whatever, call me and I'll, I'll come outside or something like that, you know? So, 
Uh, but just just start out with one person so they get so they can put that two and two together. Okay. Okay. And how long? And okay. this final question: How long do you work with one person until you move on to a new scent? I could 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 be a, when you're first starting. Yeah. Could be a week. Could be two weeks. You know, just the, you you'll know the dog gotcha. will the dog gotcha. the dog will know that when you see the dog doing it. Hey, this is fun. This is what we're gonna do. Then do it with somebody else. Get a neighbor kid. Get uh, somebody else in the household. You know, something like that. Okay. You know? If you don't mind, tell the so. pe- tell the people again your name and phone number, how they can find you. Sure. It's, uh, it's, it's Jim Miller. I actually live in Clifton Park, New York, um, which is just south of Saratoga Springs. Um, you're more than welcome to reach out to me. My number is 518-847-7834. And I'll say it again, 518-847-7834. If, if I don't answer, I'll call you back. Just tell me, you know, you want to talk or complain to me or tell me I'm a fool or, or whatever you want to say to me, I'm, I'm open to anything. I love talking to people. I'm more than happy to help people. I've learned a lot, and I had to. I've made a lot of mistakes, mm. and, uh, mm-hmm. but I've, I've also been successful, and that's so I know I'm kind of doing the right thing. Man, that was a power-packed episode. I'd like to thank Jim for joining us. And if you noticed, we jumped right into the minutia and some of the mechanics of search and rescue. Um, I don't care about. I mean, I do care, but, you know, we didn't get into questions about where, how long have you been doing this? How did you get into this? Um, Jim is awesome, but his story, his information is more important than his story. Hopefully we'll get to his story another day. But I just wanted to share with um, some of the listeners out there, especially some of the parents of children with autism, um, some of the mechanics of search and rescue. And I'm developing my own program. That's a lot more honest and transparent than other search and rescue programs. That's evidenced first and foremost by the fact that I'm not going to call it search and rescue. It's going to be called something completely else because honestly, most of these dogs don't fit the parameters of a true search and rescue dog. I'm talking about search and rescue dogs that come from service dog organizations. Now, I'm not saying that those dogs can't have benefit. I'm not even going to get into it now because... That's a topic for another day. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Hi, lovely people. Thank you for listening to Dog Wizardry, voted most original podcast on the internet. Contact us and be part of the next conversation. Te amo.